So we're able to talk about WandaVision on this, right? Because it won't be released until probably after the show's done. Yeah, but be. I haven't seen WandaVision. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. So tell joke. me when to take out my headphones if y'all are going to talk. No, about you're it. good, you're good. I'm not going to talk spoilers about it at least. Um, yeah. Re Marvel, I am upset about Gamora. I understand, but I'm still upset about it. Yeah. What are you upset about? The fact that she isn't, like, she was just like, peace by. Um,. Like she wasn't at the funeral. She didn't stay with Star Lord. Yeah, because her she has she's... no memory of any of that. Yeah, I know. It's a totally different Gamora. But it it's still makes me mad. I told you, I understand why. Yeah. But I'm not happy about it. Um, really next... not happy about Natasha. Yeah, that one sucks. I do think Scarlett Johansson is one of the most beautiful people on the planet. Truth. She's a very pretty person. Yeah. But she's not as pretty as Paul Rudd. Let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Hello, friends. My name is Stuart, and you're listening to the Misconceptions Podcast. situation um i guess this new team if that's what we're calling it um might survive (laughs) um i mean i hope we can recover because it wasn't pretty but i guess at least we accomplished our mission now we'll see what linda has to say Previously on Misconceptions, Esther and Faye teamed up with Woodard and Mohammed, and their first course of business was tracking down Miss Minnie, uh, the apparent mother of three real dummies uh, that had roughed up the crew before uh, and was seemingly connected to the investigation at large. So the crew uh, followed these three buffoons back to their mother, prepared for a fight. What they actually found was a conversation. A conversation they might not have been ready for. uh, Because Miss Minnie was willing to give them answers, but a mysterious force held her back from answering everything. Um, And so they were only able to ask a few questions and get a few answers before they decided they needed to find Linda Lockwood, a.k.a. the Wizard, who was also uh, connected to the Cabal. And so breaking into the weekly news, they found Linda's address amongst some old employee files, because Linda used to work at the weekly news. Um, And during that, there was a bit of a scuffle with Faye and Esther and two security guards, and uh, Mohammed's old flame, uh, Goldie, 
was there complicating things even further, but the crew got Linda's address, escaped the weekly news, and drove off into the night with uh, just some wounds, some gunshots, but I mean, they're heroes in the city. They're made of mythical nature and legends. Surely that won't slow them down. Cut to Muhammad just bleeding passed out in the passenger seat of the car. Uh, But before we pick up with the crew, uh, it is a new session, and we need to roll a new endgame move. As you know, we are entering the endgame of Misconceptions. The Cabal is at the endgame of their plan, whatever that is, for the city. And uh, at the start of each session, I would like for you to roll 2d6 plus the uh, encroaching danger status. And right now, the encroaching danger is at a 2. And depending on what you roll, different things around the city will happen. Um, As a consequence of you rolling an 8 on your last endgame move, the water treatment plant 16, the one that you were about to go investigate, blew up. That was uh, a step in the endgame process. Uh, Now, how it connects to everything, you don't know. Uh, And there was also another thing that happened in a different part of the city that has not come to light yet. But uh, anyway, somebody go ahead and roll plus two for the encroaching danger status and tell me what you get. I'll roll. If that's all right with you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh. A nine. A nine. So the encroaching danger status steps up to a three. Good, 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 good. Uh, And two more things happen in the city. Whether they will come into the crew's periphery will remain to be seen. But uh, let's go ahead and pick up with the crew. Um, Where do we pick up with you at? Uh, You have just escaped the weekly news. Uh, Mohammed is... Uh, bloodied and gunshot you have linda's address do we cut directly to y'all going to linda's uh, address or what what i mean it was the middle of the night yes yes we went there at like three and i doubt we were there longer than 30 minutes no y'all you're in and out pretty quick i vote that it's been like maybe a day and We've been, like, prepping at the cottage, and Muhammad has healed, um, or is actively healing, but, like, Faye has been helping Muhammad and Esther if you need it. I just kind of assume um, that you might, but I don't know if you have any wound statuses. Um, And then maybe we're, like, literally, like, grabbing our gear to go to Linda's. Do we do we want to just describe it narratively, or do you want some sort of mechanical benefit from this quick scene? I think we're wanting to heal Mohammed. <laughs> That's fair. That's no, fair. It's um, fine. Um, yes, I am rolling with a plus one for herbal infliction. All right. I got a nine. A nine. All right. So you get one juice. Uh, what do you want to spend that juice on? To reduce his status by. One. By one, yeah. Cool. So I'm down to gunshot two. 
Yep. Reduce that gunshot three to a gunshot two. Awesome. Anyone else doing anything? Uh, Faye, go ahead and describe for us how you do this. Um, okay. So, um, Faye, um, in quick fashion, because of how often she has done this with the crew, um, gets her flowers um, in her cottage and her aloe plants and creates a concoction and then um, dips like gauze bandages in that so that it's like a paste um, and then like wraps them around each gunshot wound and then wraps it over with like the dry ones and just does that um, every few hours um, to just help with the healing and then um, you know, with it being only like a day, um, they, you know, the pain has eased, um, but they're not fully healed yet. Ah, uh, thanks, Faye. I think I'll live. Yes, I, I think you'll make it. Come on, we've got to get ready. Let's go. Yeah, uh, we don't have a lot of time. He starts to, like, pull his shirt on and winces and just, uh, buttons it up. You're wearing a button-up shirt to a potential fight. I mean, I've got our hoodies. Put over it. Okay. <laughs> Face shrugs and walks home. All he owns is lawyer clothes and... This leather hoodie. <laughs> so. It's quite the, quite the wardrobe. Um, so you cut from that scene with those two to um, Esther and Woodard sitting in the living room. And they're playing chess to determine who is going to drive to Linda's. <laughs> and right as you come into the scene, Esther moves her queen and says checkmate Woodard leans back and sighs well then I uh, I assume that I will be driving then very well Mohammed, you all stitched up yeah I'm good excellent he grabs like uh, your leather hoodie from the back of a chair and like tosses it to you as he goes to start putting his on as well uh Esther, what are you doing? I am zipping up my leather jacket and checking my gun. Okay. Are you doing anything to prepare? I am going to take some pain medicine okay. for my injuries. <laughs> Your numerous injuries. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything you could add? Um, no. Okay. Um, I rolled a six. A six, so. man. That Tylenol just ain't touching the pain. No, you uh, you take that medicine, but uh, as we said, you have numerous injuries, so uh, that that pain is not going anywhere for right now. All right, and then uh, do we transition from the cottage to? Uh, Linda's address. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And uh, as Esther goes to screw the cap onto the bottle, the pill bottle, uh, we cut from that scene 
to uh, Mohammed's busted car driving up to Linda's address. It is a apartment building, um, and there are numerous people inside a residential area. Y'all pull up in Mohammed's uh, busted old car. Woodard is driving. Uh, what do y'all do? So it's an apartment building. Uh huh. And are they like are the entrances to the apartment outside or is it like an inside apartment does that make sense like are there exterior windows no obviously the windows would be exterior (laughs) i mean the doors like are the hallways indoor or outdoor like the apartments we lived in it was an outdoor hallway yes they are uh I don't know. You tell me. Are they exterior or interior? Let's let's build this world together. They're How interior. Is, they're interior? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you'll have to go in through a central door and... Right. And it doesn't make sense for us all four to go in at one time. Um, have we all been in... Con- like, has she seen all of us? Would she recognize any of the four of us? Or... Yeah, anyways. She would obviously recognize Faye and Esther. Has she met Muhammad? Would she recognize Muhammad or Woodard? I mean, I'm sure she knows in general who they are because she is... She's Cabal, yeah. Right, but... Um, then again, I wasn't on the radar, according to Miss Minnie, so... Um, so maybe... I'm going to do some character. Um, so as we pull up and we see um, the apartment and how it's set, do we know her apartment number? first yes okay esther maybe we the two of us go in um and muhammad and woodard be on guard maybe walk around back a little bit um and just be ready if we need you uh i mean she knows us so she's already gonna be on the defense when we go in so i think it might make more sense for muhammad Oh, you want to... I see, I see. That's very smart. Um, sure. Yeah, But no, we need a way sense. to, like, feed Mohammed what to say. We have our comms. You two do. Esther and Faye do. So I guess we're giving him one of our comms? I guess so. Faye hands hers to Mohammed. Alright, so how do these... Com- what's the comm? Is it, like... A walkie-talkie, yeah. or is it like an earpiece? What do we got? They are uh, very discreet. They were made by one Rin Pascal, uh, so it's full of very advanced technology. But it is very discreet. Uh, it fits in your ear, uh, and it is both a receiver and a uh, microphone for sending. Uh, and all you do to activate it is just you press the a small button at your ear, uh, and it turns it on. Okay. Yeah, uh, Muhammad pushes it into his ear and just kind of... You, <laughs> and you guys are really close, so, like, you hear feedback from both of them, just... Yes, it's very uncomfortable for everyone involved. Uh, so Esther has hers, and Muhammad has uh, one. Okay. Keep going. Um, since we have established that all windows are exterior, 
which is my new favorite line <laughs> in the world. Um, Esther, what do you think? Do you think it would be smart for us and Wooda to be like standing against the wall outside of her window so that if Mohammed needed help, we could get up there? I think I think Woodard could be there. I think that we would be in the vehicle until we're needed because if we're talking, she's going to like hear us outside her window. And so, but Woodard could be right there and then we could jump out if we needed to. Um, but I think we stay in the car so that we can be feeding him lines and stuff and not have her hear us. Okay. That sounds good. Um, Faye opens up her phone and calls Woodard um, so that he can hear okay. what's going on as well. So where is Moham- or where is Woodard going to? Um, to stand. So, like, I don't know what floor she's on. You tell me. Second. <laughs> Second um, floor. So he is going to stand kind of like under her window with like back against the wall, one leg up kind of thing. Um, And then probably like either holding his phone or um, has on his ear. I don't know if he has a Bluetooth device. Maybe he has AirPods. He's cool. Um, But so that he can hear if we say like go and help he can jump up yeah he's prepared to like go up the fire escape okay so he is positioned outside her window okay and mohammed's going in and y'all are in the car okay uh who do we follow uh i think mohammed okay so mohammed uh takes the stairs up to the second floor goes to the address that he saw and uh knocks on the door okay um you walk up, you knock on her door. Um, there is no answer. He promptly walks back out to his car. <laughs> He's going to knock on the door again. Uh, this time doing a little the little door knock jingle. The typical... Da, 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 da. I see, I see. Uh, you wait for a second. There's no answer. Going to like walk back down the hall a little bit and put my finger to my ear. Uh don't seem to be getting an answer. I can, uh... I mean, I can take the door down. She doesn't appear to be home. He can take the door down, but that seems excessive. Can you pick a lock? Can you pick a lock? No. Um, he cannot. Um, okay. And Faye speaks into her phone. Wooded, see if you can get up to the window and peek in and see if she's... If she appears to be home. On it. Um, in the meantime, Mohammed, um, knock on a neighbor's door. Alright. Mohammed was just, like, leaned up against the wall, just tapping his foot, just waiting for something. Um, he walks over to the door next to it, next to it, uh, and raps on that door. Uh, somebody play this character. What do you want? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a friend of your neighbors. I was wondering if you could, uh, give me some information. What information are you looking for? Uh, can you, can you open the door? Can we talk face to face? 
a older woman, 5'1", probably like 80 pounds soaking wet, um, opens the door just a little bit and you can tell like the white, like the chain lock is still linked. What do you want? (laughs) So yeah, you see, um, as she opens this door a crack, she's looking under the chain because of how short she is, I I assume. Yeah. Um, She just like scans up to his face. She just looks over. She just looks at it, looks out, sees a stomach and then looks up and sees the rest of Muhammad. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah, sorry to bother you. Um, I'm a friend of Linda next door. You know, Linda. Yeah, I know her. You, uh, do you happen to know where she is right now? Who am I? Linda's keeper? If I'm being honest, I haven't seen her for a couple of months. Months? Oh, um, the, uh, did she, like, give you a forwarding address, or, you know, any family members? You friends. Okay. Um. I made her a pie once. She didn't like it. Well, that just seems rude. It was pumpkin. Would you like a pumpkin pie? I could make you a pumpkin pie. I, his face lights up. I, I, uh, I love pie. Wait a minute. She shuts the door back and she goes, and you can hear like rustling around. (laughs) (laughs) And she comes back and she, uh, unchains the door and opens it. And in her hand, she has a personal sized pumpkin pie, (laughs) um, with a little like, uh, leaf, like a fall leaf, not a Florida leaf or anything. Uh, but just like a fall leaf, like in the center out of pie crust. And she hands it up to you. Mohammed reaches out both hands and just holds it. Well, uh, this is a, this is a beautiful piece of work. I'm i I'm a bit of a baker myself. <laughs> From down the hall, Mohammed, you hear, Mohammed. Uh, <laughs> I look over. You look over and you see Woodard standing in Linda's open doorway. Oh, uh, it looks like her brother might be home. I'm gonna go. (laughs) Thank you for the pie. I'm sure it'll be amazing. You have a good day and you can always come back for pie anytime. She shuts the door and you hear her lock it back. Uh. (laughs) You're all welcome. That was amazing. (laughs) Thank you for for that. Yeah, Muhammad walks over towards Woodard and just starts taking a bite out of this pie. <laughs> like, no fork or anything? Just, like... Oh, no, he's just, like... Eating with It's him. a little personal pie. It's, like, one of those ones that you buy in the box at Walmart or something. Right, right, right. So he just kind of peels the foil down on the side of it now. <laughs> Woodard looks at you incredulous. You're getting pie right now, really? Hey, she offered... And it's really good, actually. Here, you want to try it? I kind of do. Can you break me off a piece? <laughs> break off a piece oh, and hand it, hand it to him. Okay. Woodard sticks his in his mouth. That is pretty good. All right, come on. It reminds me of Mom. 
You want to talk about that right now, buddy? Kind of, but we don't have time. <laughs> Alright, we can talk about it later. <laughs> he pats you tenderly on the shoulder. This is Krim the Frog here, and I just want to welcome you to episode 85 of Misconceptions and to the mid-roll, and I also wanted to hand it over to David. Uh, thanks, Kermit. Thank you so much for... <laughs> hey, let's hear it for Kermit, everybody. Uh, we got a we got a guest star on this episode. Um, yeah, and I appreciate everything you do, Kermit. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, uh, let's go ahead and get to our show notes today. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know what you're going to say. David, you forgot that Muhammad already has a comm link in his ear. He is wearing Bill's comm link. Yes, he is. Totally forgot. And when I was editing this episode, I was like, oh yeah, Muhammad definitely does already have a comm, which would have, you know, negated some of the, um, meandering we had to do at the beginning, but I think it uh, turned out pretty comical to have uh, a phone line going at the same time as a comm link line going. Uh, So uh, it is what it is. Oh well, we move on. Uh, And don't forget, we are winding down on missed conceptions. You only have, let me check, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven episodes of misconceptions left before this series is over. At the end of misconceptions, I'm going to sit down with the crew and we are going to talk about the show, uh, behind the scenes facts, uh, my original plan for the show. We're going to talk about different riffs and things. Uh, and we also want to answer your questions. So what burning questions do you have? Maybe you want to know what was my inspiration behind ABC. Maybe you want to know what the rift was for XYZ. Uh, Send in your questions. I very much would like to answer them. You can send those questions to misconceptionspod at gmail.com or you can go to our Discord and post them in the Burning Questions channel. Uh, Either one will work. Uh, So if you want your questions answered for the Geek Out after the series, please send us your questions. And also, really cool news, everybody. We have a website, and it is live right now. Go to misconceptionspod.com to see our official podcast network website. It looks so good, y'all. I am very happy with how this turned out. But you can go there. You can look at the information about all of our shows. You can look at uh, little bios and pictures of the uh, actors behind these characters and learn more about them. You can uh, look at a merch store. We have a merch store with some items available for purchase. And you can also look at our socials. You can find us on social media uh, by going and searching through our website. So go ahead, go check out the website. Let us know what you like about it. uh, And keep an eye on that merch store because we would definitely like to release more merch 
but we kind of need to see what the market is before we just go and buy a bunch of stuff that we can't then turn around and sell. So go check out misconceptionspod.com. Let us know what you think about it. I would like to give a Patreon shout out to our newest patron, Austin Martinez. Austin, thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much for helping us make this show, make this website, add the sound effects and music, and most importantly, to pay the performers for every episode they record on our network. Austin, I thank you so much. And with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get back to the show. you walk into Linda's apartment yeah. and Muhammad as you walk in uh, as you pass through the door you uh, just catch like a just like a f- not a bright flash just a hint of a red light blinks uh, in in the periphery of your vision as you walk through the door I'm gonna turn to that can I see what caused it uh he <laughs> I want to have you roll. Um, yeah, I think I do. Why don't you go ahead and roll an investigate check? Could I add my lawyer tag as I am, like, good at looking at details or something? Sure. Mm, so a four. A solid four. A four. Okay. You, um... You start looking and uh, you don't see anything. You you walk over to the like the side of the room that you saw it in. You have entered into a living room, uh, and like as you step into the room, you you kick like a pile of mail that had been slid through the little door slot, uh, and you just like kick it as you walk by, and you like look down as all the letters and papers like scatter across the floor, uh, and you walk over to this bookshelf and you start looking at some of the books. Um, but you don't see what caused that flash. Um, Woodard speaks into his phone. Alright, girls, we're in. Okay, um, Woodard, you trust me, right? Implicitly. Okay, um, I'm just gonna ask you to do a few things. Um, Esther will probably ask, uh, Muhammad to do a few things. Just, just trust us, okay? We've been, we've been investigating. Of course you have. And he mutes his phone and he turns to Mohammed and he says, Seriously, what does she think I do? Like, I have also been investigating my own things. Esther looks, I mean, Faye looks over at Esther and sees Esther just smirking because she can hear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mohammed has not turned the thing off. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) And he unmutes himself. All right, dear, what am I looking for? Okay, first I want you to go to the fridge. Okay. He walks over to the fridge. Okay, I want you to open it. Okay. He opens the fridge. What do you see in the fridge? 
you first hear him exhale. He says, the better question is, what do I smell? Mohammed, do you smell this? How could I not? And it smells like rotten food. Uh, and he pulls out a jug of milk and he undoes the top and he like upends it and just like a cottage cheese-esque mixture just splashes on the ground. He says, I see a lot of expired food, dear. A lot. Okay, um, what, what was that splat that I heard? Uh, that was a substance that was, uh, at one point of time, whole milk. Muhammad's just looking at Woodard incredulously. Uh, why would you do that? She obviously hasn't been here in quite some time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But why would you drop the milk on the floor? I don't know. <laughs> and he, like, flings the, uh, the milk carton across the room. Uh, towards the trash can. Muhammad just kind of shakes his head, looks away, and you hear him under his breath. Someone's gonna have to clean that up later. Muhammad, is there a desk or a, a workspace of some sort? Muhammad kind of walks over into like the side room, like a bedroom. Uh, yeah, it looks like a, I don't know, like a computer desk or something. Um, go over to the desk and open the drawers. We're looking for a black book. Alright. He goes over and just starts pulling out drawers. Rifling through whatever's in them. What is this black book that you're looking for, Esther? Um, she's assuming that, um, as shady a character as Linda Lockwood is, uh-huh. um, similar to her father, that she has some kind of book where she is keeping information. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so, Muhammad, you walk into, like, what is obviously Linda's living space. Uh, you see a small twin bed. Uh, the covers uh, are messed and rustled. Um, there are some plants along the window seal that are dying, and you see one of them... Or, no, none of them are knocked over, because... Uh, Uh, I'm already making Woodard uncharacteristically messy. Uh, But the window is open, and you see that this is where where Woodard entered in the the apartment. Um, And you see a a small desk, uh, and you see framed above the desk, you see all these uh, newspaper articles framed and hung there around this little corner of the bedroom. Uh, and as you look at them, they are all written by Linda Lockwood, different pieces that she has done that she was particularly proud of. And you see, um, like, this is a double-decker desk, the desk where you write and would do your work. And then there is, like, a shelf that is attached to it above it. Mm-hmm. And you see some, like, uh, friendly pictures of of Linda um, just arranged on top of the desk. And there are some drawers. Uh, so if you're wanting to investigate... Go ahead and roll an investigate tag. Uh, Esther, do you have any sort of uh, help or her point? Or, yeah, help or her points that you could give to Mohammed? No. Okay. Uh, and Mohammed, unfortunately, you did already use your lawyer tag this scene, so I don't think you can use that again. Um, could I potentially use network of clients as I've known some 
shadier people, so I kind of know where people might hide things. Stretch, but I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Uh, nine. A nine. All right. So you have one clue. Okay. Ah, oh, this is. Oh man, one clue. Is there anything that denotes someplace that Linda might go other than her workplace and home? Like a frequently re- uh, appearing location. Yes, excellent question. Um, so you you start pulling out the drawers and looking for a little black book, like Esther said. Uh, there is no little black book here. Um, and so you're looking, you're looking. You start rifling through the pages on her desk, and you see uh, some bills. And at first, you don't think anything of it, but you are a lawyer. You are used to looking at fine details and fine print. And you realize, hold up a second, the address on these bills is not the address of the apartment complex you are at now. Uh, There are electricity bills, there are gas bills for this apartment, but then there are extra bills that she has been paying to a separate for a separate property. Uh, as you look at that, you start to look at some of the pictures. And like I said, the pictures are of uh, people that are in the limelight, people she has interviewed and uh, done pieces over before. Uh, but then you see some more familial pieces. You, you see some older pictures uh, from whenever Linda was a child. And you see in these pictures, Linda is not alone. Uh, she has her uh, arms wrapped around uh, a uh, a boy that is a little older than her, a few years older. Uh, same colored hair, same colored eyes. Uh, you see them at a park. You see them swinging on swings. And you see them in front of this house. And the, the picture is faded a little. The, the tones have kind of seeped out of it. Um, we see that house... And you wonder if that is the house that is printed on these bills. Yeah. So I'm going to gather the picture in front of the house with her and the, and the boy. Um, and like three or four of these papers with that address on it. And I'm going to bring it out to where Woodard is. Um. <clears throat> hey, uh, Woodard. This address keeps showing up. And, uh... I found these pictures. I think Linda might have a brother. Uh, what what have you been having Woodard do while Mohammed was investigating the room, Faye? Um, okay, so going straight to, you know, him dropping the milk on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, dear, so I, I want you to look around to see if there are any um, paintings or anything that might be hiding a safe. Um, but as you are doing so, you have to kick the, the block of milk around with you. Um, pardon me, could you give me that again? Yes. So, I want you to be, you know, walking um, in the living room, down the hallway, looking for, um, like, books out of place, paintings that could have a safe behind them, etc. 
Um, but you must be kicking the the cube of of spoiled milk that was on the floor around with you. Um, again, dear, I trust you implicitly with my life, but uh, what is the purpose of kicking the the cottage cheese milk around? I can't, I can't reveal it to you yet, but I I will, I promise. Very well. And, uh, Mohammed, you walk into the living room as Woodard is, like, shuffling around the room, and he's, like, just dejectedly kicking this spoiled milk, <laughs> like, just a couple of inches in front of him, and then stepping a little more and just kicking it again. Uh, and then you walk up with the, the So, yeah, he walks in, and he says that, and he's been looking down at it. He looks up and sees what Woodard's doing, puts his finger to his ear. Esther... I think Woodard's on drugs. I've known that for a while. (laughs) Would you like some milk, Muhammad? And Woodard, like, kicks it a little bit in your direction. I kind of, like, dodge to the side a little bit. Uh, no. No, I'm good. And Muhammad, right as you say you're good, the door to the living room slams shut. What? And from the room you just came from, you hear a similar sound of something shutting quickly. Uh, Woodard uh, already has his bow manifested, an arrow pulled back, pointing at the door. But there's no one there. Uh, what What do you do? How, how do you react? Yeah, I'm gonna shove the papers under my arm and manifest my street sign. And then just kind of looking around. Yeah, uh, and as you are scanning the the living room, uh, you look at the door jam, and starting at the base, going up the door jam, you see this faint red glow, reminiscent of the glow and flash you saw when you entered the room, and you see these runes and symbols that have been carved into the door jam, uh, and the camera cuts back to the bedroom. And though Woodard and Muhammad cannot see that, the audience can see the uh, slab of wood underneath the potted plants also starts to glow with this red energy and runes, and it goes up over the window and over the top of it. And suddenly, Muhammad and Woodard start to feel the air get very, very thick around them. And it presses against you almost as if you were in the deep end of the pool and as you breathe the air feels thick in your lungs and uh, Muhammad and Woodard take a suffocating one status Muhammad and Woodard what do you do? Um... As soon as he starts to feel like he's starting to suffocate, he takes as big a breath as he can and just holds his breath. And then motions for Woodard to to the front door, like motions toward toward the front door. Um, And then he's going to try to, he and Woodard are going to try to ram the door to get out of the apartment room. Definitely. Uh, Roll a... Take the risk. Okay. 
to try to escape Linda's apartment. Sure. Uh, and you do, you will add that suffocating one status. Um, okay. Do we, does this add one for Woodard or no? Um, I will let you add one for Woodard. Uh, so it will cancel out that suffocating one. Okay. And then I would also like to add wallop. Um, okay. And I think you have a, a, a minus two for your gunshot. So it'll be a minus well. one net. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh man, that's a seven. A seven. Okay, so uh, things get messy. Yeah. Um. Dun dun dun. Let's see. Let's do it like this. Um. So Muhammad, you and Woodard go to throw yourselves bodily at the door. But since you rolled a 7 through 9 on to take the risk, I'm going to offer you a hard choice. Uh, and my choice is, you and Woodard either both successfully bust through the door, uh, but during trying to escape, you lose your police scanner and you leave it behind in the room and effectively burn that tag. Or uh, you Hold on, before you can room. finish that, the police scanner is like affixed in the car. It's not like a, I carry around in a police scanner. It's like a CB radio, essentially, like in the car. I see, I see. Uh, okay, then I'll do it like this. Um, so you either both successfully make it out the door, but Mohammed takes the brunt of the blow and steps his gunshot wound up to a uh, wounded shoulder three mm-hmm. status. Uh, or Mohammed successfully bursts through the door, but something happens, and uh, Woodard is uh, kidnapped by like some some other magical effect in the room. So either you both break out and you step up your gunshot to a wounded shoulder three, or you break through and Woodard is separated from you and kidnapped magically. Hmm. Because I think it's more suspenseful to the story, but I also don't want Tessa to murder me. <laughs> no, it's it's a good it's no. a good plan. I th- I think I would rather not take extra damage again, and so yeah, Woodard is gonna get messed up. Okay, so uh, Mohammed and Woodard, you both rush forward towards this door, and Mohammed, you throw your shoulder into it and it breaks against the door and you see those uh the warding spell across the door flare up as it tries to contain you and then the runes go dark as the door shatters and you crash and stumble forward into the the hallway and woodard was right behind you but as he goes to follow through and jump into the hallway you see the rug that he is standing on rears back like a viper uh, slipping out from underneath his feet and he stumbles and scatters and as he is stumbling and scattering this chest that was right next to the door opens up and you see there are also runes etched in to the underside of the lid of this and as he is stumbling uh, he falls towards the chest but the chest seems to grow and expand and as Woodard falls towards it he falls into it and the lid closes on top of him 
Muhammad, you are out in the hallway, but Woodard is not with you. Okay. And the door's just gone now, so I can see into the room. Yes, and yeah. the chest is still there? The chest is still there. Okay. Uh, Faye and Esther, you probably hear all of this happening. Muhammad, what's going on? Uh, something was going on. The doors closed by themselves, and it was hard to breathe. Hang on. I'm gonna flip the top of that chest open if I can. Yeah, you step back in, and I think uh, you grab the lid and pull it up, uh, and inside you just see, like, old newspapers and magazines. I step back. All right, like, get back out into the hallway. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Woodard's gone. I don't, I don't know what happened. Woodard's gone? We were stuck in the room. We broke the door down, but when I came out, he got, got sucked into this box. The minute that Faye hears Esther say Woodard's gone, um, she, like, panic looks at Esther throws open the car door esther reaches for her arm and like grabs a hold wait a minute i faith throws her arm off um as hard as she can esther are you gonna detain her i mean that was my goal but okay uh i would like for you to roll a go toe to toe against faye do i roll too you will, depending on what she rolls, you will roll a face danger. Right. Okay. Yes. I would like to, um, the hand that I grabbed her with is the hand that I have my ring on. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to use my inspire calm tag. Interesting. Um, and maybe my life lessons in that I know that her going in is going to be detrimental to the... What's going I think, on? I think that's why you would stop her. I don't know if it would help you here, but I definitely think your daddy's fighter mm-hmm. or your react before it happens. Yeah, I thought about that. I just her. know I use that a lot, and I don't yeah, know if I want to use it here, but um, yeah, so I'll do my inspire calm and react, react before it happens. Okay. We'll go toe to toe with a plus two. Uh, nine. A nine. Does my, Esther finally rolls well. Does my, <laughs> does my um, do any of my minuses affect? Uh, it's a good point. Uh, which ones do you think would? I mean, I have soreness okay. from everything. Like, Do you think that would stop you from uh, detaining Faye? I don't think so. I think okay. she would kind of just ignore the, like, because okay. she's reacting so quickly that she's not really, like, Sure. So, uh... It will hurt later. (laughs) Sure. Choose one. You achieve your goal, you get them good and give them a status, or you block, dodge, or counter their best attempts. Uh, I mean, it would be achieving my goal to block, dodge, or counter her best attempt, so... Uh, achieving your goal would be stopping her. Which would be me blocking, dodging her best attempt. No. (laughs) Block, dodge, or counting the best attempts is to get you back. Because I'm countering her attempt to leave is what I'm getting at. Yes, but that would be achieving your uh, goal. That's what I'm saying. It's all the same. No, it's okay. not. <laughs> okay, well, so I achieve my goal, which is to counter her best attempt. Okay. <laughs> you achieve your goal. So you reach out, you grab Faye. 
Faye, you are uh, grabbed by Esther. Esther, how do you... You, you said you use your, your ring powers. So kind of describe for us what does this look like. Because it's not just that you're grappling Faye. Yeah, I mean, I'm reaching for Faye, and in that moment, like, you see a um, faint purple light kind of, like, wash over her. She doesn't see a purple light necessarily, Mm -hmm. but, like, you know what I'm trying to say. For Um, the viewers to, like, visually represent the magic. It, like, washes over her, and she, like, you see her eyes just kind of, like, change from panic to, like, business almost, I guess. I don't know. Like, phase eyes? Yes. They go from, like, this panic look to, like, we have a task to do, like, focusing back on the mission kind of thing. Okay. Do you say anything to her? I told her, wait a minute. Okay. Faye, uh, Esther says, wait a minute. She grabs your wrist. You do feel a wave of calm go over you. Uh, but what do you do? Faye, um, like, feels that wave of calm but also has known Esther long enough to know what that is, so she, like, shakes her head. Get out of my head! Um, and she... So I get to roll a face danger. Uh, she didn't hit you with the status, so I think that if you are, uh, just trying to escape her and not trying to deal with the status, I think you just roll a go toe-to-toe. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna, um, use acrobatic mastery to, like, twist my way out mm-hmm. um and then um can i argue to use woodard's tag since i am in love with him like the story tag of woodard that we have floating around yes. now that he's like part of the the crew yes um sure i rolled a five five all right Wow. Um, okay, so Faye, uh, you tell her to get out of your head. You try to twist out of her grip. What happens? Um, I can't like overcome the the ring, its power, and Esther's strength um, compared mm. to mine. Um, and Faye like screams into her phone. What did? What did? No! Let's cut back to Mohammed. Mohammed, you see Woodard's phone on the ground of Linda's apartment, and you hear Faye's voice coming through it. Woodard! Woodard! No! Uh, Mohammed slowly walks back into the room to grab the phone. He grabs the phone. He picks it up. He just says, I'm sorry, Faye. And then walks back out of the room. As you walk back out into the hallway and out of the shot of the camera, we just see the somber shot of Linda's broken door frame. We see the treasure chest that Woodard disappeared into, and we see the carpet slowly slide itself back into frame and back into a resting position. End of episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Misconceptions. Our next episode will be released on June 21st. We do have Facebook and Twitter if you would like to find us on both of those social media platforms to get up-to-date information about the show and behind-the-scenes pictures and videos. 
We also have an email, misconceptionspod at gmail.com, if you would like to contact us that way. We also have a Discord where you can chat with us directly and other friends of the show directly. You can click the link below to join our Discord. This show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of supporters, please click the link below and give any amount you can. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music was composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. Misconceptions is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. And that is it for this week's episode of Misconceptions. Don't forget to check out that website, let us know what you think, and keep it nerdy, y'all.